thankful that when we step into what God has for us and we own it, right, God does all of the things that we can't do ourselves. You ever thought of that? And kind of going along with what Luke shared with us for offering this morning, what he said is very true, right? And a lot of times we, we very much have this, this concept of I'll get everything else right, but I'll wing the Jesus stuff. And then we wonder why it doesn't just work perfectly. And so because of that, we are called to a place a lot of times like where David was when he was in this place of refuge. He was in this place of pain. He was in this place of frustration, anger, and, and he didn't have everything perfect going on in his life. And if we, if we think about David, David was anointed king, right? David was anointed king. Samuel came and, and, and called him out among all of his brothers and anointed him that he would be the king of Israel, God's chosen king. And yet David had to wait. Yet David had to endure. Yet David had to hide behind curtains and have spears thrown at him, right? Before he ascended to the throne. And a lot of times, this day and age, I'm not sure many of us would have endured it. I'm not sure many of us would have waited it out. I'm not sure many of us would have said it's worth it, right? But David stuck to his guns, and David recalled all of the things that God had promised. And, and we see the resolution in David here in, in Psalms 119. And I'm, I'm just giving you experts or excerpts of it. And, and we, will, um, you know, we will finish up this, this pump the brakes idea this morning and, and move into our Christmas series next week. But, but what I hope you've gotten out of this is in no matter what state David was in, David had the resolution that I will remember God's promises, I will remember his word, I will remember what he has said, and it is written, he said, on my heart, which says what? He wasn't just cherry-picking scripture. He wasn't just saying, oh, this is what I need right now, so I'm going to trumpet it for a few days. No, what it says is it was written on his heart right? So he had spent the time. He had put in the work. He had made the labor possible so that in his time of difficulty, in his time of travail, in the time of his frustration, he knew what to call on. He knew where to go. He knew what the promises were. He didn't have to rely on 30-second tidbits on, on, on uh, uh, Facebook and TikTok and all those things, which I shouldn't say that because John now has us out there doing the same thing. But, um, and he's probably rolling his eyes at me now as he's listening to this Monday, putting it out there. But, but the reality is, you know, we, we, have, we have come to this idea in this moment in our life where, where we want the 30-second rah, rah, rah because we don't want to put the time in, we don't want to take the time, or we think we don't have time to put in the work to prepare ourselves for the things that might come our way. And if there was ever a time for us to think differently, if there was ever a time for us to pump the brakes, if there was ever a time for us to stop 
and renew ourselves into the riches and into the glory of God, it's today. It's today. Heartbreak, rumors, troubles, issues all around us. You know, and I'm not, I'm not even talking the, the political stuff and the world stuff and the inflation and, and all of that stuff that, you know, we, we, we hound ourselves with throughout the week and everything else. I'm just talking about in our lives, in our daily lives, in the turmoils and the struggles and the difficulties in our lives. Man, everyone just seems so beset this way. And I think it's why Paul in Hebrews called upon God to, to, and called upon us to lay aside every weight right? Which so easily, Chris, besets us, right? He said, which so easily besets us, which so easily moves us away from what it is God wants us to be focused on. And you see, ultimately, that's Satan's, that's Satan's job. You know, Luke, Luke talked about the great services we've been had, the altars have been full, people have been there, but that doesn't mean that Satan's not fighting behind the scenes, right? Some of you know that, I know that, not everyone knows that, but Satan's battling. Satan's trying to, to remain his, keep his grip hold and, and strong upon this congregation and trying to keep us to go from where God wants to go. But it is up to us to have the resolve to say no to those things. It is up to us to stand for truth and stand for the ability of man to still walk in the statutes and the glory of holy God. Right? But for us to do that, we've got to step into where he is, right? Here's what David says to us. Psalm 119, this week we'll start out at verse 103. He says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Okay, so... I want us to understand the depths of that. How sweet are your words, God? They are sweeter to me than honey to my mouth. Now, he's not, he's not wadding up paper and eating it here. I mean, like, oh, man, that tastes pretty good, right? right? We're, we're not, we're, we're, that's not what he's doing, right? But what he's doing is he is stepping into a spiritual taste test. A spiritual fervor of where God is and who God is and what God is doing and the differences that God is making in his life according to the words and the precepts in God's word for our lives. And David is basically saying, I've tasted it. I've lived in it. I've walked in it. I have felt its power. I have felt its glory. I have received, God, everything that you have poured out onto me. And oh, it tastes so good. Right? Now imagine some of you this past week have dug into some things and you're like, mm, 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 mm. right? Mm, guys, you better be shaking your heads, right? Because I see a lot of women in the room going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spent my whole day in the kitchen, and they ain't nodding their head when the preacher says it was good, right? But listen, have we really tasted of God on that level? We've eaten the pecan pie and the pumpkin pie and the, the sweet potato casserole and the, all the goodies we had this week. 
And we taste those and we eat them and we, we, we enjoy the taste. We enjoy the experience. We enjoy that moment, right? The boys give me a hard time because with my job, I've traveled a lot. And, and because of that, I've, I've gotten to eat on someone else's dime at it's, it's some very nice places. And, and I, I have said a few times and everything else, and they're like, oh, man, this is the best ever. And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, well, actually. And, and so the boys are now to the point of, dad, shut up. Dad, just stop. Okay, we know you've been everywhere, and you've eaten all this and everything else, and it's so much better than here, but just shut up. I'm like, okay, fine, but it's still better. <laughs> right? Why? Because I've tasted it. I've experienced it. I've had it in my mouth, and I have, I have enjoyed it, right? Can we say that we have really stepped into God's presence on that level? I mean, David is saying something extremely profound to us here. He's saying that I have tasted of God's goodness, and it is sweet. It is good. It is, it's invigorating, and it moves me. It's sweeter than what honey is to the mouth. See, David's not talking about a sweet taste of God like we would with our tongue, but he compares it to what honey is like to our tongue. And he's saying, what I've experienced of God is so much deeper and so much greater and so much beyond anything else I've ever experienced. There's nothing quite like it anywhere sweet. It's sweet. It's savor is exactly what I need when I need it. It encourages me. It sympathizes with me. It moves me. It develops me. It helps me become everything I am meant to be because of how good and how sweet it is. He goes on and in verse 104. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Strong words. I hate every false way. I, and what he's saying is, I have, I, have div, I have dove so deep. I have dove so deep into where God is and into what God is and into how God is working in my life. I am so in tune with God that everything else I hate, it just doesn't measure up. It's just not good enough, right? It's just not the same as what God brings into my life. He brings me the greatest joy. He brings me the greatest faithfulness. He brings me, <clears throat> he brings me the greatest truth. He brings me the greatest peace and joy. He brings all of those things to me. We talk about the fruits of the Spirit, and, and, and we say that we can judge a man by his fruits, and, and the fruits of those spirits is what we should be judging if we're there, but it means, also means our fruits need to be where they're supposed to be before we start judging, right? Otherwise, Scripture is very clear. We judge amiss, right? And we'll be judged on our own level of judging, right? E, huh? Right? Tough, tough words, but, but all biblical, Right? And so what it, what it does is it compels us to dive into where God is 
And this is where David is coming from. He's coming from a moment that he's saying that the word of God, its commands, its promises, its hope, and its joy is far above anything I can receive, anything else. I've tasted it and it's sweet and it's good. And I hate everything else because all it does is move me away and detract me from what it is that God wants to do in my life. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We all need to be revealed. Right? We all need to be revealed. And we might be sitting there thinking, well, yeah, so-and-so needs you know, to be revealed on this, and so-and-so needs to be revealed on this, and this needs to be revealed, and this needs to be revealed, and everything else like that. But we don't ever really look at ourselves, do we? We absolutely need to be revealed, and the person we need to be revealed to is not each other, but we need to be revealed to ourselves. We need to see who we are as we are. We need to understand that our little white lies aren't really little white lies, but they are a greater depiction of who we are and what we are within our heart. We need to understand that how we maneuver people, how we think about people, how we treat them to their face and treat them away from their face is a greater depiction of who we are than what we do and what we show. You see, we all need to be revealed, and it is God's word, David tells us here. It is God's word that is a lamp. What do you do in the middle of the night? You can either, you can either walk through the house and stub your toe and turn it sideways, Chris. Didn't you tell me that story the other day? Yeah. Annie laughed at you until she saw how, how broken and crooked it was. Yeah, laughed hysterically. You laughed till she cried, right? Totally humiliated you while you were in horrible pain, didn't he? No, I'm just kidding. He didn't, he didn't say all that. I'm joking. I'm joking. But what, what we find is sometimes we take for granted our surroundings. We take for granted our circumstances, and then we stub our toe. Sometimes we break it. Sometimes it hurts really bad. If nothing else, we look like an idiot jumping up and down in the middle of the house at night in, in, our, in, our, in our underwear right? Right? What God is saying to us here is, he's saying is my word, my word will reveal you. It is a lamp unto your feet. It will light you up. It will show you where you are, but I'm not leaving you there. I'm not saying that that's the end of your existence. I'm not saying that that's how people have to see you. I'm not saying that that's where I even want you to be. I will light you up. I will reveal you. I will show you to yourself. Amen? It's also what we know is conviction. I will show you who you are, and then I will light your path to me. I will show you who you are, and then light your path to me. Because what? My goal is to get you here. My goal is to get you where I am. My goal is to make you like me. My goal is to make you do the things that I do and think the things that I think and say the things that I say and don't say the things that I wouldn't. Amen? So I'll light your path. I'm not just going to reveal you and then leave you in your misery. And that's what David, that's what David is promising us here. He's saying that God will reveal us. He will show us all things about ourselves. 
and then he will light the path to God. And that is what his word does. His word is the foundational thing that brings us into his presence. Amen? Now, there's a whole lot of other things, right? And some of you might be sitting there thinking it, might be saying, well, there's also this, and there's also this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. But all of those things happen through this. All of those things happen through this, because if you're not careful, you'll let your emotions get the best of you, and you'll end up in Timbuktu on, on, on something that someone else lit for you and that God didn't light for you. Amen? Don't, don't blow me up with an idea that, that's not foundational to the Word of God. Amen? And that's why I, I said a couple of weeks ago, and I, I had some, a couple conversations with people following that, amen, that we're searching for a new revelation in a day that, if anything, we need the revelation of what's already been given to us. Amen? We need to dig into this and allow it to speak to us through the presence of the Holy Spirit and its power to renew our lives into who Jesus Christ is and become who Jesus Christ will be. How in the world is God going to give us something new when we're not even figuring this out? Amen? So we got to start here, and that's what David is saying to us throughout the Psalms. Man, as he is pointing us back to God's Word again and again and again, again and again and again. God, this is going on in my life, but your Word is true. God, this is happening to me and it hurts, but your Word is true. This is, this is going on around me, but your Word is my confidence. Again and again and again throughout this psalm. David is being truthful in his heart about what's going on and where he is and, and the things happening to him and everything that's going on. But he realizes that his constant, from all of his time spent with God, his constant is the Word of God. But because it is the closest thing he has to draw him into God's presence. Amen? And we battle. We battle in this life. And I get it. Man, I get it. Life is, is tough, and it's getting tougher every day. Amen? And again and again and again, we find ourselves distraught, and again and again and again, we, we find ourselves losing hope, and again and again and again, we, we find ourselves in the agony of this life. And it's because we're lost in it. We're lost in it. We're lost in the stuff. We're lost in the things. We're lost in the, the, the to-dos. Amen? And we've never really found God. We've never really found God. And we've never really planted and rooted ourselves where God is. Amen? He promises us that if, that if we are planted by the living water, if we are planted by a place that is true and a place that is pure, and we allow that to run in us and through us and over us and around us and everything else, that our roots will deepen and they will grow, and we will not be moved. We will not be moved. Amen? We, will not, we, will, we, might, we might sway in the wind, but we will stand. Isn't that what Paul said? When all of the, much like David here, when all of the stuff had mounted against Paul, amen? What did Paul say? Well, I'm just going to go home and whine about it. Huh? Is that what Paul said? Paul say, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make so-and-so look bad because that's the best way for me to get back at him. Real God-like, brother. Amen? No, what did Paul say? He's like, I'm going to let it keep raining. I'm going to let the wind keep blowing. 
I'm, I'm going to let the storm rage. And I'm going to stand. I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to stand on what I know is real. I'm going to stand on what I know is true. I'm going to stand in what has proven to me that not only is it sweet, but it is powerful. And it will endure the storm. Amen? And friends, you know I love you. But a reality for all of us, a reality for all of us in this day and time is simply this. We're standing on too many things other than the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We're standing on way too many things other than the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Our confidence is in things that will burn. Our confidence is in things that will go away. And we will find ourselves left with nothing. And that is why we have trouble standing in these perilous times is because our confidence isn't in the Lord. And David is reminding us of that. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. What is he saying? He's saying, God, I, I know that your word and I know that the reality of your word and I know that it is real and it is alive and it is full of promise. And so I'm going to stay there. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me. What does he realize? He realizes that his hope comes from God. He realizes that his healing comes from God. He realizes that no matter what state he is in, it is not beyond the touch of a holy God. So quicken me. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand. My soul is continually in my hand. Your state, your, your, your place in this life, where you stand, the issues and the situations and the trouble and how it influences you and how it affects you is all in your hand. Amen. We started this pump the brakes idea because a lot of you were dealing with a lot of stuff. Some of you are still dealing with stuff. Amen. Some of you are still finding it difficult. So I'll say to you what David says to you. Amen. Find your hope in Jesus. Find your promise in Jesus. Find your victory in Jesus. I can continually show you throughout Scripture people that were dealt bad blows. People who were dealt things they didn't deserve. People who, who, who were, were, were punished undeservedly. People who were cast out by their own families. I can show you again and again and again people who chose that in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the situation, in spite of, in spite of the pain, in spite of the agony, I'm going to trust God and I will find my peace in him. Sometimes that was in, in a dark dungeon. Amen. Nothing more powerful than singing Jesus loves me in a dark dungeon. Amen. Y'all, wait a minute. Is that in scripture? Yep. Paul and Silas right there wrote the words. I guarantee it. Jesus loves me. Amen. You're saying, huh, uh, so-and-so wrote that years ago. Yeah, that's, that's what Google will tell you. But I am absolutely positive that that's what Paul and Silas sang. 
in the dungeon that night. I don't have anything else. I am down here without anything. But I got Jesus. And he loves me. Amen. And their, their testimony of that in song. When most of us would, would be in a million miles of misery, their testimony in that moment rocked that prison to the point that it fell down and everyone left. And guess what? They went home with the jailer and saved, got his, him and his house saved that night. Amen? Sometimes we're not seeing mighty moves of God in our life because we're crying despair rather than crying out the name of Jesus. Amen? Paul, or, or Paul tells us that he stands in the midst of the storm. David is saying that, that when I can't depend on anything else, when I can't trust anyone else, when I can't hold to anything else, I am going to hold to the Word of God. And I'm going to let it be a real and I'm going to let it be alive in my life. My soul is continually in my hand. Yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. I've remained faithful no matter my enemy, no matter my circumstances, no matter my situation. I will remain faithful, God. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. What is, what is David saying here? He, he is telling us to take, amen, and it's written in, in the New Testament for us this way too. Amen? That the things written aforetime were written for our, anybody know? Learning. The things written aforetime were written for our learning. David ultimately says the same thing to us in this verse when he says that these things, these testimonies, I'm taking as a heritage. What David is saying is if you did it for them, you'll do it for me. If you had the power then, you have the power now. If you have the ability, then you have the ability for me. There is no one or nothing that escapes your hand and that escapes your justice and escapes your truth. Amen? You know, I found a great peace in, in my life. For a lot of years, I, I struggled and, and I know it's kind of hard, might be hard for some of you to believe. But for a number of years in my life, I struggled with, with a, a I, don't, I don't know that I would necessarily call it anxiety, but I was not a very trusting person. And, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, that I'm, I, I noticed just about everything, whether it's facial expressions or whether it's uh, uh, just mannerisms and everything else. There's not much that escapes me. And so, and so I would always let that stir around in my head and everything else like that. And I, and I came to this simple place years ago. I came to this simple place where I said, you know what, God, I'm tired of wrestling this. I've got more important things to do and more important things to be focused on. I'm sick and tired of wrestling with this because most of the time it's just a bunch of hoopla made up in my head. So what I'm saying to you, God, is this. Reveal the truth. If there is an evildoer against me, expose them for the world to see. And let me walk in peace. And I've prayed that prayer just about every day since then. And I have peace, Chris. I don't care. I'm not worried about it. Amen? Why? Because I have a God who is holy, 
and who is just and who exercises truth in the greatest of ways and mannerisms, and he got you, right? I'm not necessarily you. Amen, I'm being figurative. But amen, but he got you. I don't need to worry about it. I like my peace. You see, I'm, I'm over here tasting Jesus, and he tastes good. And I'm not going to let you ruin that, whoever you is, whatever you is, wherever you is. I'm not going to let any of that ruin what Jesus is doing for me. I'm going to stand where he is. I'm going to walk where he is. And I'm going to continually allow him to light that path and walk it to be where he is. Why? Because he feeds me and he fuels me and he rises up within me. Everything that is good and everything that is pure and everything that is loving and everything that is true and everything that is honest. And I don't need the crap in my life anymore. So I am pumping the brakes to everything else. And I'm going to stay where God is. I'm going to stay where he is. And I'm going to trust him to deal with the whatevers, with the whoevers, with the whenevers. Amen? Because I am confident, absolutely confident in his ability to do it. 100% confident in his ability to do it. <clears throat> I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always. Even unto the end. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in the word. Now understand where David's coming from. Amen? And, and it's important because we're going to close in these next two verses. But... But I think we have to really, to understand the depth of this verse, we have to take a, a moment and step back and think, well, what, what does David mean? You're my hiding place. Okay, cool, God, you're my hiding place. Ooh, I feel the emotion. Ooh, I feel good. Right? And that's kind of how we do church these days, right? We get our little bit of emotion and we feel good about that and everything else. No, 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 no. David's in a much deeper place than that, Right? You are my hiding place and my shield. Let's think of who David is. Let's think of where David was. Let's think of everything that David endured during his life. Number one, as a shepherd, what, what would he do? He would keep the sheep safe. He would put them in caves. He would hide them in manners and ways that hid them from the enemy, the wolves and the lions and the bears and the tigers, right? Y'all thought I was going to say, oh my, didn't you? Huh? You thought, right? And he would hide them there. And he would protect them there. And he would keep them there. And he would stand guard against everything that could potentially come against them. So as a shepherd, he had been in a place of peril. As a shepherd, he had been in a place where he needed to protect the sheep. Right? We know by his own testimony when he stood before Saul about slaying Goliath, he said, I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. Amen. I have stood my ground against the things that meant evil for my flock. And I have proven myself against the lion. I've proven myself against the bear. And I will prove myself against Goliath. Amen. And we all know the story. One, one rock upside the head, Goliath falls. And David didn't stop there, did he? He said, no, 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 no. Just so everyone knows, love this, 
It's one of those sassy moments I talk about all the time. Amen. He said, just so everyone knows there is a God in Israel. He cuts off the head of the giant. Amen. So David had been in the hiding places. And David had found confidence in knowing that in defending the flock, he knew that God would defend him. He knew that God would hold him. He knew that God would keep it all together when everything else was falling apart, when there seemed to be no hope, when there seemed to be no answer, when everything else seemed silent. He knew that God was a constant, and he knew that God would not leave, and he knew that God would not forsake, and he also knew that God would raise him up in the time and in the manner needed to slay the lion and slay the bear. Amen? So David is coming from a place when he says, God, you are my hiding place. He's coming from a place where he's saying, I am your sheep. I am your sheep. I am one of your flock. And just like I protected them, I know you will protect me. I know you will hold me. And I know you will empower me. You are my hiding place. Amen. You are the place I go when there is no other comfort, when there is no other love, when there is no other hope that tastes as sweet as you do. You are the one who will sustain me and hold me and keep me in this moment and in this time. You are my hiding place. What else was David? David was a warrior king, wasn't he? He was a warrior king. And so he also uses the metaphor of a shield. You're in my hiding place and my shield, right? And as a warrior, I know how important my shield is. As a warrior, I have stood in battle as axes and swords and knives and daggers have come against me. And your shield has sustained me and it has protected me. This This close to death. This close to to wounding, this close to uh, affliction that we, we probably can't fathom in that type of warfare. Amen? And, and I, I love medieval stuff, you know, from, from you know, Lord of the Rings and, and everything else to Vikings and all that kind of stuff. I, I, love that kind of, uh, I love that kind of history and that kind of folklore and, and different things. Like, I, I grew up thinking that the Knights of the Round Table were real, right? And I was going to be one of them. Amen? So I did the closest thing I could and joined the Marines. Oh! Bam, I dropped that. Yeah, so let me, let me, say, let me say this. I, I know, you can roll your eyes. It's, it's, it's cool. You know, universal eye roll. You can do that, right? So, yeah, thanks, Bob. Um, <laughs> so, but here we are in this place where David says, I've stood on the battlefield. I've faced the giants and I have faced enemies. I have faced everyone who wanted to slay me and kill me and leave me for dead. I have been there, done that. And you are my shield, God. I've stopped the axe. I've stopped the sword. I've stopped the dagger with my shield. And you have protected me, God. You have defeated the enemy and protected me. And no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter the pain and the struggle of this life, God is your shield. God is your shield. 
He is your hiding place. You are his flock. And he will not let the enemy win. Amen? He won't. But you stay true to him regardless of the circumstances. And I think of Job, and, and my wife loves Job, and so we, we talk about that story and just about everything that comes up in life and everything else. And man, I, I mean, you, you could just about parallel his, his life to the, the, each little different event that comes up in our lives in one way or another. Not Job, Joseph, sorry. I knew it was a J. Joseph's life right? Between being abandoned and, and, and being imprisoned and, and, and uh, just again and again, raising up, falling down, raising up, falling down, raising up, falling down, raising up, falling down. Amen. But in all of it, he never lost sight of what God had promised. He never lost sight of the dream. He never lost sight of God's provision for him. Amen. And so he knew God would deliver him and he knew God would show up. And God did just that. How many of us quit? How many of us quit when it gets too hard? How many of us quit when things don't line up just right? How many of us are so easily offended and so easily hurt and so easily, and, and so easily befuddled at the things of this life? Amen. And instead of running to our hiding place and our shield, we just find ourselves deeper and deeper in the hole that was dug for us. And if we're not careful, what, what do some of us do? We pick up the shovel and, and, and dig it ourselves, right? Just dig us in deeper and deeper and deeper. David says, no, 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 you're my hiding place, God. I'm not going to dig the hole deeper. I'm not going to go further into my sin. I'm not going to let the world consume me. I'm not going to let it come over me. You're my hiding place. I'll rest in you. I'll come to where you are, and I will stand in confidence in the things of this life. Because I know you're with me. And I know you won't fail me. You're my hiding place and my shield. I hope, right? I hope in thy word. I hope in thy word. I was at a, I was at a ministry meeting one time. And it was a bunch of, of younger ministers um, like us. Alman does. Um, you know, great mentor to me over the years, would, would meet with us once a month, and, and we called ourselves the young pastors, which I thought was kind of corny, but anyway, it worked. And, um, and so we would all have our, our young pastors meeting, and we would go. And, and Al was, was talking to us, and he was teaching us, and he, he was mentoring us. And, and he said, listen, he said, some of you are going to get the big head. Some of you are going to get full of yourself. Some of you are going to burn out in a matter of a couple years at the most, maybe three, you're not going to be anywhere to be found in a church. He said, but those of you that will last forever and those of you that will endure no matter what are going to be the ones that are most founded in God's word. And those words have stuck with me to this day. And as I was reading this and preparing this and I, and I came to David's David's testimony there of, I will hope in thy word. I won't hope in man. I won't hope in, in this. I won't hope in that. I won't hope in, in, in all of this stuff, right? And I could list, right? I could, I could list a hundred things there. So I'm just kind of generalizing. 
Amen? But David says, I will hope in the Lord because you're my hiding place. You're my shield. You're the warrior that fights on my behalf, God. And I'll hope in your word. Isn't it interesting that he doesn't say, I'll hope in, in, in your strength? I don't, he doesn't say, I'll, I'll hope in, in, in your wrath. He doesn't say, I'll hope in, 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 in your power. Amen. Why? Because David deeply understood that all of those things, power, glory, justice, all of those things came in the depths of God and the depths of his word. And so he knew that when he walked in the path that was lit for him, and when he stood in agreement with the, the precepts of this word, and he lived there, he operated there, and it was, it was real and alive in his life because he meditated upon it day and night, he knew that's where his hope was. And we pursue everything else. Come on a minute. Just me? Huh? Just me? Yeah. Okay, just me and Jeff. Right? No. It's not just us. Be honest with yourself. We, we, we search for hope in everything else. Amen? Listen, we, we'll search for hope in the church, but not God's Word. We'll search for hope and friendship, but not God's Word. We'll search for hope in, in deeds, but not God's Word. We'll search for hope. It, listen, right? I'm going to make some of you out, right? We'll search for hope in gifts, but not God's Word, right? Our hope is in God's word. Why? Because this is God. 